This, 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 this is mythical. Before we get going today, we wanna let you know that Ear Biscuits is supported by Alexa. Did you know Alexa can help you do many things like play a game, relax with sleep sounds, listen to live sports, and much more. Whatever you wanna do, Alexa has a skill for that. I already know that, man. I got Alexa in my bedroom. Both of my kids got Alexa in their room. And then we got Alexa downstairs. We're in constant conversation with Alexa and using all the skills. There's 30,000, more than 30,000 skills available at amazon.com slash skills. Also, the skills tab in your Amazon Alexa app. Now they're saying we should try out the sleep and relaxation sounds. Well. Play ambient sounds to sleep peacefully or block unwanted noise at work. I've done this, Link. I've there are over 125 sounds to choose from. Yeah, I've been I've been experimenting with which ones I wanna use to block you out during work. Just say, Alexa, open sleep sounds to block out Rhett. <laughs> now, and you know I'm big into sleep sounds. I have had a white noise machine that yeah. it, that I have talked about a lot, but now that I got Alexa in my bedroom, all I gotta do is ask Alexa to play the sleep sounds, man, and then it just gets so it gets so peaceful in my bedroom. What about Alexa? Ask meat thermometer what is the best temperature for pork butt. I don't know why you'd ask that in the bedroom, but uh, that's up to you. I cook my pork in the pork in the bedroom. Alexa, ask arcade party to play 1983. Oh crap, you can make your home or office sound like a vintage arcade from 1983. Yeah, you can do, you can do so many different things. Over 30,000, try an Alexa skill today. Browse all skills available on the Amazon Alexa app or at amazon.com slash skills or just say, Alexa, what are your top skills? On any Alexa enabled device to find some of the most popular skills. Now on with the biscuit. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are exploring the question, is texting ruining friendships? Specifically, our friendship, Rhett. Is texting ruining our friendship? No, I, um, I'm not just, we're not limiting this discussion to just our friendship. Um, I think we're, I want to analyze my kids and their friendships and uh, how they used not only texting, I mean, we'll broaden it to technology, we'll focus in on um, social media. Um, wow, I mean, the things as a dad that I find myself start, started, did I say myself? Yeah, well, you also said wow, and then said a sentence about being a dad, which is very appropriate. Wow, I'm a dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I find myself really, Tackling some 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 odd issues when it comes to social yeah. media, mm -hmm. and and what I think about the quality of a relationship you can have when it's conducted, um, mostly in that way, or, or I mean, it mostly through your phone, not speaking into it, but typing things into it. Yeah, is so another we're, way to say it. But we should start with us. I th I think one of the things I'm prepared to do is share our very first text conversation. Oh. Like our first conversation as friends over text. I have it, I have it on my phone. I've, I've told you about it, so mm -hmm. you have it on your phone. I do have it on my phone as well. And uh, we're gonna share it with you as, as an opening salvo yeah. into the world of technology, texting, 
and how it impacts friendships. Yes, we'll get to that in one second. We do wanna let you know that we are going to be at the NC State Fair. I wanna do it like a monster truck uh, announcer because- You just did. Brett and Link, comedians. <laughs> wow, dads. Comedy duo, Rhett and Link will be live at the NC State Fair, October 12th, 7.30 p.m., Dorton Arena. All you gotta do is get admission into the fair and you can show up there to watch Red Link do their thing on stage at Dorton Arena. Yeah. For more details and tickets to the fair, go to ncstatefair.org. What's the name of a monster truck? Bigfoot? Bigfoot will not be present. Grave Digger. Grave Digger will not be present. Little Bigfoot. Little Bigfoot will be present. Hey! <laughs> Red Link will be riding in on the back of Little Bigfoot. All right, that's it. Kiko, thank you for adding some sort of music bed of generic metal guitar type thing just to really sell what just happened. Okay, yeah. Um, was it clear we're gonna be at the NC State Fair? I think that was, not only clear, it was very powerful. Okay, good. And you know what? No need to dwell on it. Well, I'll dwell on it in a second because just another word about the creative associated with it which we're developing currently. Oh, the creative. This is gonna be a freaking bona fide concert, y'all. And I, we're just kinda dipping our toe in. Well, we're not dipping our toe in. We're doing a freaking I'm going at least knee and, deep. We're doing an hour and a half show which is music. Mostly with, music. It's a concert. It's it's not the it's not the tour of mythicality, okay. Which if you saw that was like a theatrical presentation. We are doing the tour of mythicality in uh, in November in the Northeast, but this is a different show. This is going to be just a music show because I I I see the future, Rhett. I see I can see into twenty nineteen. Mm. I can see that we might want to do more concerts. We'll see how it goes, man. Well. If it doesn't go well at the state fair, yeah, we we won't think about it anymore. But we'll have the 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 smell of like cow dung wafting in, you know, the it's like right cow dung in one nostril and like Polish sausage in another nostril. Yes. I love the way those two things mix. Yes. Hmm. A lot of nostalgia, so I I'm glad to be going back. All my family members are are uh, are are hitting me up via text. Well, I t I told my parents about it and my dad said, "Well, we hadn't been to the NC State Fair since the first year we were in North Carolina. Really? Which was 1984. Well, my mom's husband, Lewis, boy, it's, it's, it's the highlight of his year. He goes multiple times. Cause it's I love like, it, man. It's, I think it's like two weeks. He goes multiple times just to go. Yeah, I'd camp out there if they allowed that. He loves it, man. Anyway, we have, let's see, I have dug up the very first text exchange between my good buddy Rhett and I. I had to enter my code on my phone. I couldn't I couldn't do it while I was talking. Now I gotta so I say, to, I gotta say, that was a little bit of a deceptive teaser. Just, well. It was a little bit of a misdirection. Are you saying that because this um, text exchange between us happened yesterday? It happened on Saturday. Okay, day before. Because I, I can see it right now. Day before yesterday. But let me, so let me explain. Um, I'm gonna read this text thread to you, conversation that I initiated, and at a certain point I'll, I'll explain why this is, this is the first of its kind. But it starts with, from me. 
I'll just read my part, so. This is pretty cool. And then I, I put a screenshot of an Amazon review of our book mm -hmm. into a text to you. Um, I had, and then I wrote, I had never actually gone into Amazon and read reviews of our book. And you know, I just need a little, I just need a little warm and fuzzy feeling from the mythical beast. Who am I kidding? Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you just, you're just sitting around looking at your phone and you're like, I was actually going on Kindle, the Kindle app to like download. I wanted to start reading another book on my Kindle. Right. And so when I went on there, I was like, you know what? I just kind of like to look at the fact that we have a book in there. So I'm gonna do that. Just for to a remind second. myself, I'm a published author. It just makes me, mm, I mean, mm, it mm. made me feel good. It's like, wow, you know what? By the way, since I'm in here, it's kind of like you go into Barnes and Noble. You go, don't you ever go by this section to see if our book's in there? I have. Kind of make you feel I like, have. gives I, you a little boost. I, I, don't, I don't camp out there. I walk by there briskly and make eye contact with the book, but I don't touch it. I would never be taught caught touching my own book in public. Or like sitting there waiting for someone to come up and. I'm not an idiot. I'm not a douchebag. Um, and then I started reading the reviews for the first time and I was blown away with the level with which people will not only write about what they think of the book but write about the connection to us. Yeah, well, and. And so, and, and so then I screenshot one of those and sent it to you because it now, made me feel really good. And when you sent this to me. This is from Hammerton. I thought, hmm, okay. This is not, this isn't that unusual no, for you to send a message like this. This was totally, I would say totally usual because this is. Right, and so I responded with, yeah, I've read some of those. Our rating is pretty unprecedented for a book with that many ratings. Oh yeah, <laughs> another know, warm I mean, fuzzy, I, little the ego stroke. At the time I wrote that, I didn't expect to be reading it publicly back to everyone, I thought it was just for me and you. Right, we brag even between the two of us in private conversations, but. Um, but it wasn't a brag, it was just a, yeah, it's kind of unusual to have that many ratings and to be five stars. I was like, it's great. I mean, this is a good thing. We're, we're, we're just celebrating the fact that this is good, that people like the book. And then I responded, and the things reviewers are writing about their connection to us, et cetera, it's probably the best place to go to understand our older post-college audience. What, so, so this is just us working. This right, is right, not, right. Anything unusual. This is not the first of its kind. This is just another moment via text where I should be relaxing, chilling out on a Saturday afternoon, but instead yep. I'm trying to simultaneously stroke my ego and get some work accomplished. And how, you, you, how can we utilize these reviews to further understand our demographic and blah, 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 blah. And blah. you wrote that at 1.36 p.m. And as you can see, I had assumed that, okay, end of conversation, I do not need to respond to this last thing, so I did not respond to it. Thought conversation's over, it was an exchange of information as is typical yep. given our text history. And then it got weird. It got new. I decided mm -hmm. to change the subject and I just said, how was the concert last night? That's a first. That's an absolute first mm -hmm. on, our, on our text thread to ask a purely friendly yeah. conversation starter We do not text. use texting in this way, Ever. never have. Never have. You may think it sounds weird, but we do not use texting, and we use text to exchange information, but conversations like, how was your day, or how was the concert last night, always happen in person, okay? Never done it. But I just went with it, <laughs> okay? I went with it, I said, great. He puts on a really good show. Now, I was talking about Jason Isbell uh, and the 400 unit, played at the Greek 
Theater in Los Angeles. I, yeah, I was invited to go um, uh, by Rhett and I, I politely declined and, for reasons that I'll get into. And uh, Jason is one of my favorite artists and I've seen him before live. My wife, and actually my whole family loves him. Like we play his songs all the time in the house, in the car. So I brought everybody, Locke for a number of reasons, didn't end up being able to go, but Jesse and Shepard and I went, had a great time. So, and I said it, he put he puts on a really good show, but again. That's not the point of this. I didn't, I didn't expand beyond that because I was like, didn't seem like the time or the place. It never has been for us before. And again, I, I do think we maybe should, before we'll read the rest of this text there in one second, but just to clarify further, we, I mean, text has just been something that's been purely for logistics. Like, we may even go far as to say, hey, let's, I wanna hear about the concert. Like, that might be something that I would text. But I wouldn't say, how, how was it? Let's have, a, let's have a legitimate, friendly conversation right now. It'd be like, let's, Let's put a pin in this until we're together. Where when we have, when we conduct our friendship, and then we'll do that. Right. I I I think it's how old we are. You know. Well, we, let's not an, let's not analyze it. Okay. As, all throughout. Let's uh, keep let, going. Let's get through it. See, you're already bored with it. You hate it. Yeah. Um, how's the concert last night? Great. He puts on a really good show. I said, I just can't get into his driving rock songs. I just like the slow ones. Whereas someone like First Aid Kit who we're going to see soon. I like all of what they do. This point, I'm like, this is weird. We are in a conversation <laughs> that we've never had on the phones before. But I, but again, I don't dislike it. I was also doing it's nothing. Totally true. I was also doing okay. nothing at the time. Oh, that's great. I was sitting somewhere in my house and I was like, okay, Ling wants to talk. Weird. <laughs> and you said. <laughs> I love how Feldman is like very confused. I knew you would be that we don't talk like this. And I and here's the thing. And People I, I said I said that I wasn't going to stop and analyze it. I told you not to analyze it, but now because of his reactions, I have to. I told you before this started that I don't think it's how old we are. I think it's a combination of how old we are and how we are. Period. Because there are other forty year old people who text relationally, but it's ex but it but it is exclusive. Uh, I mean. The kids do it almost exclusively. They're constantly conducting their relationships via text. But they don't remember a time when they common. didn't do that. Right. But it's it, we had to transition into it and we never did. It didn't seem right. And you know an interesting thing, a reminder, at the top of this, I can see your picture. Uh -huh. And look at it. This picture is the picture of you the moment you bought your very first iPhone. And it was the moment you bought your very first iPhone because we were I together. a picture of you in the and same the first, place. The first thing we did when we got our iPhones was take a picture of each other and store our contact information in our iPhones and that picture has not changed. You don't even have a beard, Rhett. And in the picture we're you both. Have a, you have a chin strap. We thought it would be a good idea if the picture of the person, of the other person, had them on the phone in their picture yeah. so that you would you would be able to picture what they looked like when they were talking to you, which is on a phone. And then for- it Made sense to me. That's the very first picture I ever took put in there. And then for years after that, sometimes still now on a whim, if I'm entering someone into my contacts, I don't even know if that's what it's called anymore. Address I'm, book? Uh, contacts. Con yeah, it hasn't changed that much. I'll tell them to, ho I'll say, hold up your phone like I'm calling you. Yeah. And then I'll take the picture. It's a cool thing to do still in 2018. Get with it, kids. Never changed that photo. So that's when we first learned how to do this. I mean, we, we were out of college, we, we had children. 
Right, but okay, but when you questioned the greatness of Jason Isbell because of his driving rock songs, which I think is a little bit of a mischaracterization. You know what I mean. I said the harder ones work well in person. He's got a really good band. And now I'm on a roll, relationally, I'm like, ah, I could see that. Did you get recognized, dot, 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 by him? I thought that was an interesting way to answer to ask the question because typically the pause, the dot 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 indicates a pause, but when you send it all as one text, it's just it just I see it all together. So but I understood what you were implying, which is hey, I'm asking you to get recognized as Rhett <laughs> from Rhett and Link. Uh by him. But then by him, because you know that I once tweeted at Jason and he tweeted back at me and started following me. One of the greatest I actually one of the greatest that. honors of my life. I didn't know that. I was just making a joke. And um, and so I said, like from stage while he was performing, he like stopped everything and mm-hmm. singled you out. And because we are not good at this t- relational texting, you can see we cross texted in the middle of this. This is the point where yeah. I didn't answer your question. I was adding to my previous answer, but it came later. It, ca- it came. They both came at one forty-five p.m. I said, and the lyrics, the best. John Mayer called him the best lyricist today. Now I must say the reason I said that is because a drunk woman behind me said it during the concert. Uh, so I don't. Her word is her I, bond. I don't have independent verification of that, but she was. She, she said a lot of things throughout the evening, and I heard all of them, and so did Shepard. Um, oh, but uh, one thing she did say to her dad, who she was with, uh, when her her dad was like, ah. I love his lyrics. The dad was obviously being introduced to Jason Isbell at the concert, and he was like, I just love the lyrics. And then she was like, John Mayer says that he's the best lyricist of all time, Dad. (laughs) So I I wanted to send that to you. I did. But then I answered your question. using John Mayer as a, like a measuring stick for greatness, it does show our age. Well, because John Mayer is one of the best lyricists of all time as well. So, in oh, is he? Hey, I, I think, think he's so. great. I think he's great. I like I like all of his hard songs and his soft songs. I think that I'm about forty. Oh, okay. John Mayer is amongst the best modern day lyricists. Is that a more? Is that a I, less re, uh, sensational thing to say? I really like John Mayer. I he's just not never... just good on the guitar, guys. He can write a great song. I then answered the question. No, didn't see him. And then I uh, Jason. Yes. Uh, then I talked about. Seeing someone that we both know. Okay, we'll skip this. We're gonna part. skip over this part. It's it it's not important. And then I said, but fans. Uh, so at this point, am I making this about work again? Like, I mean, this is kind of revealing. I'm getting a little self conscious now. It's like I'm talking about my hot tub again. I'm like, I'm trying to have a friendly conversation with my buddy for the first time ever on text with no agenda. But we're not. And then I'm like, did you get recognized? Yeah, yeah, but but you gotta, you gotta contextualize this for the people listening because when we talk about that kind of thing, we're obviously not bragging to each other. Me telling you that I got recognized is not so I can be like, hey man, I got recognized again. I it's, was legitimately it's a, it's a, curious. It's a data point for right. our business. Right, because So if, we talk about it. If we both really love Jason and Isabel, you more than me because well, we've, we've established that and then you're there and you get recognized, it's like, oh, people who have good taste in music also like us, that's a good sign. Right, the Venn diagram of good tastes. Uh, but then 
I said, uh, no, that was in the VIP area. <laughs> Again, I'm not bragging. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just relating things to, to Link here. I was like, but still, I might would have gone with the VIP area, or was it lame? I was like, nah, it was nothing. Same kind of thing we did for the Merle concert at the Greek before we knew him. <laughs> I was like. Sounds like a couple of douches talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really does. <laughs> We're horrible at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, yeah, so no fans there? I'm like pressing. Yeah, and I was like, couple of people got a picture. And I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, I'm going deeper. I'm gonna make a bold choice. By this point, I felt weird because I had been sitting down texting for multiple minutes and just, I never do this. I don't just sit down and text. What kind of freak does that? Right, me neither. Right. It's, but if we were, it wouldn't be to each other because we're so self-aware of our, like the parameters of our relationship. If we do something that's not like something that we do in our relationship, alarms start going off. It's like, oh, you, you started talking over text or you helped, you helped me with my seatbelt. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the car. Or like, why are you why are you helping me with my seatbelt? Or seat you belt? hugged me when you saw me. Right. I mean, like <laughs> we have groups of friends and all our friends are huggers and like right. we see them all the time and, of course, and we I, hug them every I, time. I hug them and then I, I kind of go through everybody. And then I see you and I'm like I kind of nod at you a little. Yeah, if, yeah. If I even acknowledge you. Right. It's kind of like seeing yourself in the mirror. Is <laughs> do you, do you hug yourself in the mirror or do you just make eye contact briefly and then move on? <laughs> We, uh, it's like a, it's like, we say we're like an old married couple, but even an old married couple still hug each other, unabashedly, right? But an old, an old married, yeah. maybe they don't, an old, old married that. couple, the reason why we're like an old married couple is that we have certain, we have our protocols of relationship, of friendship, and, and they're set. So anything that deviates from that, like having a, just a friendly text exchange, is, is, is a deviation, which means it's odd, which means something must be up. I was fully committed at this point. I think I think this can lead to growth in our relationship. And let's put a pin in that. I'll come we need to come back to that thought, okay? Yeah, we need to get through this so we can get to the analysis. Oh god. Or at least the ad. Yeah, right? we gotta get to we the gotta, ad. We gotta yeah. <laughs> gotta put an ad in this podcast. That's really what matters. Okay. Where was I? Subject change is what you you put, I, it, you put it in brackets. I actually put in brackets. Which I think that's a, a sign of age as well. Yeah, that's, people don't do that, huh? I don't think the kids know where brackets are. I said, that some, a fan pointed out that, that we say smell of that instead of saying smell that when we try to get the other person to smell something. You say, I saw that comment and I think it's crazy. I don't say that and I said, you're saying I say that? And you said, I would have guessed it but I'm saying I don't think I do. And, and I what said, I meant to say was I wouldn't have guessed it, but I am saying that I don't think I do definitively. And I said, so yes, you are saying that. Because you misunderstood what I was saying, and at that point I didn't no, respond. No, you were saying that I did, and you didn't. And that ended our conversation, no, no. and apparently again, our friendship. Again, even though we are now face to face, what I'm saying is what I meant to write was, I wouldn't have guessed that you said that. Oh. But instead I took offense. Yeah, yeah. Like I took pseudo offense. I thought it was funny, but I just thought you were being belligerent. No, no. Like, well, I I would have guessed it that you said it, right. but I wouldn't it, have said exactly. it. Exactly, and this is the problem with texting for relationships. And okay? I did not know this This until is one the of the moment. pitfalls. And I, did, yeah, I didn't even realize that this is why the conversation ended. Because what I meant to say was, well, I would have never said that you would have said it. If I had to choose between the two of us, I would guess that you were the one who said it. And 
but I've never heard you say it that I know of and I'm pretty sure that I've never said it. Now, I'm probably wrong on all all counts and I probably will get like a super cut of me saying smell of that <laughs> posted, <laughs> posted to YouTube. Please do. <laughs> I wanna see a super cut to see if that's true or not because that's a big question. But there is a bigger question which I want to save until we explore multiple avenues in the quality of friendship when conducted over technology, text, social media, across our lives, our kids' lives, right, um, our friends' lives. And whether or not that's good or bad or indifferent. And let's come back to this exchange. Oh, you wanna keep coming back to it? No, at the very end, okay. and see if there's any ultimate conclusion that can we can apply to our own friendship. Sure, I, I think that's a great idea. But first we wanna stop and let you know that Ear Biscuits is supported by BetterHelp. Mm-hmm, BetterHelp is an affordable and convenient way to receive therapy and counseling from your own home. BetterHelp seeks to improve mental and social health around the world and has professional therapists available to help you with stress, anxiety, depression, relationship problems, and more. Yeah, and BetterHelp is somebody that we've wanted to work with for a while because we haven't talked about this a lot, but mental health is uh, very important to us. And specifically, I've kind of hinted at this a little bit about some of the personal growth that I have experienced over the past year. A big part of that has been going to therapy. Mm -hmm. I've been going to therapy. I'm sure we'll talk about that more in a subsequent episode. But some of the stuff I've been talking about, getting to know myself better and connect with what I'm actually feeling has been uh, has come out during therapy, so it's something that I highly recommend. Yeah, and it's the type of thing that we think everyone should experience, which is why we're so excited about BetterHelp, um, because they make it more accessible. Therapy is done from the comfort of your own home um, through video, phone, live chat, or messaging, it's up to you and you're given unlimited communication with your therapist at any time, giving you flexibility to do counseling on your schedule, and it costs about $65 a week, which is significantly lower than traditional therapy, which ranges from $150 to $300 per session. And because matching you with a therapist that you connect with is so important, you're given the freedom to switch therapists anytime. And also, if that $65 a week sounds like too much to you, financial assistance is available for those who can't afford it. We urge you to share this link that we're about to say with loved ones and also try it out for yourself. So visit betterhelp.com slash earbiscuit. You'll get a seven day free trial with that. So visit betterhelp.com slash earbiscuit for that seven day trial. Ear Biscuits is also supported by 23andMe. 23andMe is a DNA testing service that can offer insights into your ancestry, health, wellness, and traits. The 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service includes reports on how your DNA can influence your weight, sleep quality, caffeine intake, sense of taste, whether you're likely to be lactose intolerant. That's just the beginning, there's a lot more. Now for me personally, uh, we both did the test mm -hmm. and I learned about some of my propensities towards certain illnesses and also how my uh, like how my diet is affected by saturated fat. It, multiple different things that I learned in my report actually because we took the test like a couple years ago. Yeah. It changed my approach to eating. It cha changed my diet, improved my health. Um so yeah, I mean, having uh, those insights is actually really informative. Like for example, the lactose intolerance report sheds insights 
into how your genetics may affect your ability to digest dairy products, which is something helpful to know. And it's also fun to kind of learn these things about yourself. It feels a little magical, but it's, it's actually not, it's just science. Right. It's DNA. And it's easy to do. You simply spit into the tube provided in your 23andMe kit. I love to spit in the tubes anyway. So well, that, I was fun. I do that as a hobby on the side. But it's a special one that they send you. And then you mail your saliva sample back to the lab to be analyzed. And then you wait and you get the report and you learn about yourself. Order your 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service Kit at 23andMe.com slash ears. That's the number two, then the number three, A-N-D-M-E dot com slash ears. Ear Biscuits is also supported by Mint Mobile. The big in big wireless provider stands for a lot of things. Big contracts, big bills, and big fees. Okay, I didn't know what you were gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> no, just talking about contracts, bills, and fees, <laughs> okay. brother. All right. Uh, what Big Wireless doesn't want to want you to know is that there's a way to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month, what? Introducing Mint Mobile, the game-changing company that's taken everything wrong with Big Wireless and made it right. You can save over $1,000 a year with Mint Mobile without sacrificing quality service. I, I guess that's the thing. You, you, that you think, is the thing. If, if you're not with one of these big mobile plans, they, they, they lead you to believe, they imply that you can't, you can't use your phone and have a good experience unless you're working with them. But you We're can. We're dismantling that right with now. With Mint Mobile, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan. You keep your old number along with all your existing contacts. You can choose between I two. I don't wanna keep my, I want a clean slate. Well, you can do whatever you want, but you can keep your own phone number if that's something you wanna do. You can choose between two, five, or 10 gigabyte 4G LTE plans and no more paying for unlimited data that you will never use. Every plan comes with unlimited talk and text and if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile, has a seven day money back guarantee. So ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, plus free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card, go to mintmobile.com slash ear. That's mintmobile.com slash ear. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month and get free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card at mintmobile.com slash ear. Now on with the biscuit. All right, okay. Um, we're gonna get back into some of the like personal, we'll analyze that text exchange at, at the end. We're gonna get into talking about the way that we've kind of related to our kids and the way that they are different than us. I thought a good way to get into this is just some stats, you know me and the stats. Um, these stats come from Psychology Today um, and re relate to using text as a form of communication. 33% of adults and 77% of 18 to 22 year olds prefer texts over all forms of communication, including in person. That's, so, wow, 77% 18 to 22 year olds would rather text and you, than you, anything else. You have to, and I think you can extrapolate that and say that if you're under 18, that number is definitely higher than 77%. So it's safe to say that more than 77%, more than eight out of 10, kids, uh, teenagers and younger, if you've got a phone, uh, prefer texting over all forms of communication. Uh, a third of all adults prefer text to phone calls. Uh, text is the most used form of communication for adults under age 50, and Americans send five times as many texts as compared with phone calls each day. Now just a quick side note, really, because I said it would, uh, Americans send all of these texts. 75% of the world 
uses some type of video chat application like Skype or WhatsApp in place of texting. The majority of users around the world average only six minutes of texting daily. Uh, so the texting at this rate is is a bit of a, um, I don't wanna say Western phenomenon, it's partly that, uh, but it tends to be uh, places that have had a lot of financial success and everybody has a smartphone. But it's interesting because a lot of these people in these places have, like India, a lot of people have smartphones and computers, mm -hmm. but they're talking to each other via video chat. Mm. And I don't know exactly, I don't know any of the reasons for why that's the case, but just an interesting tidbit that came up in this. Well, I, I, I think that we're approaching this from, from, from a weird place, right? Um, as evidenced by our first text exchange as friends being two days ago. Um, we are assimilating to something that our kids and the rest of society as they grow up are just growing into instinctively. So for us, I think that there's there's an exercise in in seeing how utilizing technology and our phones can increase the quality of our friendships. Um, it's something that I've been very resistant to. Whereas most people, and I think, well, younger people or what I'm afraid of for my kids, I'll put it in, I'll put it in, mm -hmm. I'll couch it that way, is that the opposite extreme, that if they would prefer to text versus anything else, how much, how, how does that, how does that impact your, your, your relationships? And not only that, your, even your ability to conduct a meaningful relationship. Right. You know, I mean, are you, are, are they being short circuited by technology to, to, to have a lower capacity for connection. But I, I think we should start with our, with our own experience. Yeah, I, I think for me, before I looked at the, the research, which we're gonna continue to get into, because um, I never really looked at this, I had just heard and also I think just naturally uh, inferred and assumed that this just can't be a good thing. Sometimes I have a tendency to, and my wife calls me out on this quite a bit, to begin sounding like the old, grumpy old grumpy man who thinks that this generation, in fact, one time my, my mom told me that when she was hanging out with Shepard, who again, at the time was like eight years old, um, she said Shepard was talking about something related to Locke and she and he literally said, this generation of teenagers, this is an eight-year-old speaking. <laughs> you can imagine where he got that from. And I'm like, okay, well maybe I have been, and, and I don't wanna be that guy because every older generation thinks that there are deficits in the younger generation and the reality most often is that yes, there are deficits, but there's also areas in which they are uh, better, more equipped for different things. And you see that as you look and analyze, you can go, there's places online you can go and just analyze the different generations and like their propensity to drug abuse and divorce and the, that kind of thing. And there is an ebb and flow. It's not, the world isn't, contrary to popular belief, every generation isn't getting worse and the world isn't going to hell in a handbasket. It's a popular narrative, but not true. Well, there's a general, there's an overall trajectory towards the hell in a handbasket, though, right? 
Come on. No, there's not. Me. There's in fact might uh, have a couple of good years, but in <laughs> fact, it's ab- absolutely the opposite on the whole. But okay. that's not what this that's not what this podcast is about today. And, and I think we're trying to so so in the spirit of of that mindset, I've tried to say, you know what? We we've we've developed over the over the past few years a group of friends who we hang out together. I mean, there's like there's around a dozen of us, which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. that we've all connected in this way, that we spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. I mean, on any two two week stretch, we all see each other, you know? Which is very unusual in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's awesome. But what happened was, right from the beginning, they created a text thread and added me to it, added you to it, mm-hmm. added our wives to it. Um, the kids of the, Adults in the group, they kind of, I think they have their own text thread too. I don't know that for sure, but I think I'm sure they have to. I didn't know. Um, I was like, well, and then they just start talking on it. And I've, I just, the first thing I observed was just a general attitude of, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. Well, they were doing things like putting memes into the text. It's like, what, what am I? Uh, uh, you know, a twelve-year-old, and uh, I, I, I would observe it uh, from a distance and think, "This is funny. These are funny people. They're having yeah. a good time. I'm having a good time." And sometimes things would get more serious, and somebody would share something uh, that they wanted to share with the group they were dealing with or whatever, and people would offer advice and perspective, and be I'm, like, "Whoa, some, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is like, this is this a little is more than on my phone. This is a little more than like a like a like a a mildly inappropriate GIF. This is." This is some actual life stuff happening within a text yeah, sometimes thread. Sometimes majorly inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. You gotta watch yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, and so then I thought, well, okay, I'll warm up to it, maybe I'll try it. And then I'm like trying to chime in and I find myself absolutely paralyzed. <laughs> like not even beginning to type and delete. And Not again, creating that cloud that then, so oh he's typing. Again, which I, doesn't show I, I up in the I think this group. is, um, I don't think that this is absolutely normal. I think that we're both a little bit in the abnormal place when it comes to this because what I did, mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of it has to do with the way that we've scheduled our day. Um, yeah, a, a lot of the people in the group are super creative, and uh, they're well, they ske- don't have regimented schedules. They, 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 I don't I don't know anyone else who has a nine to five. Like we're we're creative. This is what we do for a living. But given our you know, we've got a lot of left brain going on as well. We just naturally sort of fall into this schedule of coming to an office and having meetings and having a bunch of stuff on our schedule and then going home. Everything's very regimented for us. And so like social text conversations don't fit naturally. But even when we were at home, just sitting there seeing these texts come through, I early on silented the conversation. I, oh yeah, because you did not get the notification. Because I would be, my, because phone, my phone would just be once they got going. And I didn't know how to contribute and I, now let me just, I wasn't gonna get to this yet, but let me throw something in there because there's a study that shows, and I think this is very applicable for for what we're talking about in the way that we perceive this group. Um, There's a study that shows, uh, this is in the Journal of Computers and Human Behavior. Uh, The study found. Yeah, I got that on my coffee table. The study found that similarity in texting styles was linked to relationship satisfaction. So texting in the same way at similar frequencies makes people feel like their relationships are going well. 
now this is this was done in the context of romantic relationships, but people analyze how connected they are based on if there's symmetry in their texting. So you're texting about the same kind of things, you're texting as often as each other approximately. Mm, yeah. And so I think that we began to perceive that because we weren't participating in the text thread, I think I began to think that maybe they think that I don't care about them as much as they care about me or whatever, or I don't yeah, care yeah. about this group. And we ended up talking about that as a group in person, not on the text thread, but because so, somebody else in the group was like, "I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not, I don't text. That's not what I do." And then we were like, "Us too. Sorry, we think it's really funny and we love all you guys, but we just don't. We don't naturally contribute in this way. It's not normal. We don't do it with anybody. It's not just you. It's me." Yeah. So we felt self conscious, but I did notice, even though I was lurking, I felt so much more connected to that to the group. And I mean, with with 12 other people, I mean, there's still like five that do most of the texting, but, and so I started to soften to it a little bit. I, to fast forward over a year later, I still don't text that often. Um, yeah. But, but I appreciate it so much more as a legitimate form of connection. Um, and then recently, I think we, we, Experienced the limit of that, you know, because we got we got we got into some stuff, right? And I think I have a uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back into uh, some data, which I think informs okay what happened and then what happened again up top in our conversation. Because I started to get really hopeful. I'm like, man, it's like we don't see, we try to see each other every week, but if we don't. We've got this con- we we've got this thread. It's like literally it's it's you can it's a constant thing that keeps going that of a thread of connection. Is that why they call it a thread? Yep. Wow. You just figured it out. You just cracked the code. I just did it. <laughs> okay. So what's the problem? What are the pitfalls? Well, and where do they stem from? According to UCLA professor Albert Marabian. Great guy. Prob- weird mustache. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Albert. You know, Dr. Albert uh, I think you're saying Albert correctly. During face-to-face conversation, humans, this is, this is the percentage of different factors that you are relying on for communication when you are having a face-to-face conversation. Two homo sapiens talking to each other. 58% is, of the communication is in the body language. Over half. 35% is through vocal tone, pitch, and emphasis. That leaves 7% for content of message. Ouch. Okay, so let me just say that again in case you didn't understand. When you're talking to someone and you're communicating to them, what they're, if they're picking up what you're laying down, it is based on 58% body language, 35% vocal tone, pitch, and emphasis, the way that you're speaking, and 7% content of message. Now, Albert, I don't know you. Um, I'm not, you know, you may not be uh, omniscient and this may not be exactly 100% true, uh, but I think that the the gist is definitely true. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how do you break down communication? What was the nature of well, the study? What I'm basically saying though is that a small percentage, potentially 7%, but definitely a minority of what you're communicating to someone is related to what you're The words saying. coming out of your mouth. Because we're animals. Right. 
you know, it's we've we've developed, we've evolved in an in an interactive well, and space. our communication, our communication with each other was way more about all this 58% and 35%. The 93% of communication was the basis of communication before humans evolved the ability to speak. So you were, I can communicate a lot. I can go into my monster truck voice if you want me to. But I tend to think that I was, my my ancestors, Okay. distant, were, they were, it, it was more like meowing and purring. It was gentler. Cats? Cat-like. Okay. Don't believe that that's how the evolutionary tree breaks down, but whatever. But the bee is my spirit animal. The point is, we're at a place where we still, listen, guys, biologically speaking, we haven't changed much in a couple hundred thousand years. So, so we're severely handicapping our ability to communicate well, when you limit it to that we're, 7%. We're funneling. And that's not even including spell check. We are funneling the breadth of human communication into this tiny little slit that is 7% of our communication capabilities. Meaning that all these things that serve as visual and auditory signals to help you actually understand what people are saying is completely not present when you're sending a text message. And so. When you start to get into things, just to go back to the story, yeah. with our friend group, we start, I mean, I'm not gonna get in, I'm not gonna dish dirt on on what we had to deal with, but it was the type of thing that, there were concerns, there was um, emotions involved, there was, it was, it was heated, there, there were. There was it a was, couple of times. It wasn't times, an argument, but it was different, well, it different be, perspectives. It became an argument, so there was a couple of things that were misunderstood um, a couple of things that were said, and a few times people kind of uh, pitched in and said, shouldn't we just talk about this in person? There's people kind of wanted to bail on the text thread. I even sent that text at one point and was like, can we just talk about this in person? Now, we did end up getting together and talking through some of the things that were, were texted, and uh, I ultimately think that the combination of the two things was good, uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to come to that conclusion yet. I want to. I don't want to get there yet because I think right now what we're exploring is the inadequacy of text-only communication in relationships, in friendships. I, I think and the only. Relationships. The, I'm not trying to get into the details of the story, which which we're not are not appropriate to go into here, so we're not going to do that. But the only point I'm making is I experienced firsthand pushing. The deepest connection in with the with the heart and the mind via text and just hitting a wall and saying, "All right, we have to we have to get together to finish this conversation. This can't happen it digitally, right? You know." So, I mean, we explored the we explored the depths of it. Well, we kind of went through what I think is ultimately and is kind of what just happened with us at the beginning of this is what we would kind of prescribe as the method of using text and face-to-face -face conversation in conjunction. Let's wait to totally land that plane because I think that uh, when I think about my kids and when I was looking at this research, I was like, I kind of feel like I should talk to my kids about this because mm -hmm. I would have never, I knew that, that all these uh, visual and auditory cues were things that were huge in communication, but I'm also not necessarily text 
texting on my phone, but text-based communication, email, is something that I believe in. In fact, a lot of times, even though I, I can engage in a conversation, I can usually get my thoughts across in a pretty compelling way, I prefer many times to type things out because you have a chance to kind of center yourself and move through the inter- the information at the the pace that you want without interruption without having to justify things as you go when you when you do a, a vocal exchange with somebody um a vocal exchange or verbal exchange <laughs> um, la, 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 la. uh but I ironically am doing it right now the the research suggests that text-based relationships Texting in the context of a relationship can give you the illusion of closeness, uh, but it actually is decreasing relational stability and satisfaction. Because you feel like. It makes it worse? Is that what you're saying? Yes. So uh, there is a risk that if you are relying primarily on textual communication in a relationship, you are creating a false sense of intimacy and closeness but because that 93% of yourself that this person would be getting if it was a face-to-face conversation is not is not present you ultimately and again this is this is based on like a bunch of studies kind of together analyzed and and people coming to conclusions about those is that it makes you feel like you're connected but ultimately you if if you're not actually having face-to-face connection you you're not nearly as close as you perceive mm-hmm. um and I think the same thing, I think it's ultimately true in friendships, but it kind of is really, really, it's uh, exacerbated in the context of a romantic relationship. I mean, I do, obviously there are many successful in the real world romantic relationships that started or I mean even continued for long periods of time that were just um, like text-based, pen pal-based, Yeah, you know? Um, and I don't want to diminish. I'm not trying to diminish that. I'm just saying but that I, the I, risks. I would, I would, I would venture to guess that anyone who has a successful relationship in the real world that that went through just text for a long time, they add, when they added that component of actually being in the same space, you know, having the the, the complete ability to communicate, mm-hmm. that that added a facet to. The relationship and, that, they, and, they, that they would not prefer to give up, and it may actually um, make or break a relationship. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you may be like, "Oh, this kind of seemed to work." Again, I think this happens all the time. You start an online relationship with somebody, you think there's an incredible connection because, again, it creates a connection that's very isolated and funneled down to this one sort of form of communication. And it doesn't mean that other parts of your brain are not involved in terms of the way that you're responding. Um, there, you you know, when you get a text from somebody, there's a dopamine rush, and you get into this dopamine loop where you're waiting to have somebody react. And uh, yeah, Feldman, catfishing is a, is a, is a great example of that. That's the prime example of you think you've got a connection with somebody, and then you found out you got catfished. But even sort of short of that, and what happens with that, by the way, it's when like you you meet a girl online, and it's really just a a, a big dude in his basement who's who's catfishing you. But, for what? Uh, to get money from you, to just get off on it. There's multiple reasons that somebody would do that. How would they get money from you? Hey, you, we've, got, we've got this connection, but I really need braces. <laughs> oh, but you don't, but you don't. Okay. Could you send me $3,000 so I can get braces? But you never meet in person, because that's kind well, of. 
my point where I was going was when you do meet in person and it's just a big dude in his basement, it doesn't have the same effect as if it was like a hot girl without braces. Well, but his teeth are straight, <laughs> right? When the host of Catfish show up. That's when you yeah, yeah, when the host of Catfish. So cat, it, it, there's a show on MTV, you should watch it. Um, oh, I don't have that station. So, uh, but what I'm talking about is not catfishing, but just like, oh, we had this connection and this can happen in the context of an already existent relationship, right? You could be like, you were in Brazil for a month and we communicated via text and it seemed like we were so close and then you showed up and it was like, yeah, there's nothing there in person. Can you go back to Brazil so we can text? Again, there's something happening in your brain. You're rewarding yourself for this communication, but are you really connecting? And let's bring it back to friendship and our kids. I think the thing that I'm that I'm concerned about is that you you have these shallow friendships that are just it's a caption based conversations. You know, it's like a little blip blip and a blip blip here. I mean, I don't I don't look at the specifics of their conversations. We I talk to my kids about the conversations that they're having mm-hmm. and there's you know we strive to have a level of openness there um but i just get concerned that again as we experienced you can only have you can only really care for somebody so much even if it's a lot over text as a friend so i'm not talking romantically i i just think that being able to on one hand, tell the difference between who's an acquaintance and who's an actual friend, who's somebody who's gonna be there for you. You know, that's, I mean, that's why the Friends theme song is the way it is, because that's what a friend is, man. I'll be there for you. They'll yeah, be not, there for you, man. I'll not, not I'll, I will text you. Yeah. Right, that would be different. I'll be there for you. Right. Shallow. I'll send a meme to you. Versus deep. <clears throat> It's the difference between like getting along with people, like oh, like we have fun texting each other, the memes, mm-hmm. the meme things. Well, or versus being connected. I mean, there's a certain level of um, once you really get in, get in it with somebody. Like as a true friend, you're gonna have conflict. You're gonna have you're gonna have problems. Yeah. I mean, where to, to have love like. Friendly love, not romantic love. Friendly you, love. You know. <laughs> to have that friendly love. I mean, you're gonna. There's a whole slew of problems and challenges that come along with that that are easily avoidable if you just keep the conversation shallower and text based, and it's an illusion. Well, the reason we do it is because it's super convenient and easy. It's much easier. Sure. It's on my terms. It's on my time, and I can say what I want to, and I don't have to see your immediate reaction. It's so tempting to reduce a relationship to a text-based exchange because it is so convenient and easy, and that's why we're that's why we do it. And you know what? It's not going away, and we're not saying that it should go away. And because of the the plasticity of our brains, especially the brains of our kids, again, with the research, studies are showing that their brains are adapting to this level of communication, and their brains are. Uh, parts of their brains that kind of connect their thoughts to their thumbs, uh, their thumbs and their index fingers, and they're basically uh, the part of their brain that controls that fine motor skills. They're they are adapting and becoming better at it, and they're better at it than we will ever be because their neuroplasticity is way higher. It's not going to go away. They're going to keep doing it, 
And I think that there are positives. To use the analogy uh, that another guy in psychology today, Zach Carter used, he talked about a cake and he was like, building a relationship out of text is like having a cake that is icing only. Mm -hmm. So it may look and feel like a cake, but when you kind of go into it, there's no, there, there's less substance and there's no, where's the cake? Whereas there, I don't personally, and I know you don't like, I don't like cake without icing, right? It adds some some moisture to the whole thing. And so I think I do think that if texting I is- I like a lot of icing. Okay, though. but not a, a little, just the right amount, right? And so, but you wanna have a cake, you wanna have a, a real foundation for a relationship and that is actually your contact and your real face-to-face -face conversations and your quality time that you spend with each other. But then the icing on the cake that makes the cake even better, it makes the cake what it is, at least in the context of modern society, is text-based communication. Because I think ultimately what happened the so other day- It's a one-two punch of um, just constant contact or more frequent contact. Because it, we've experienced- it keeps it alive, it keeps it vibrant. Yeah, it, it, in between those moments of connecting in person. Because we have actually benefited from this text thread that we have amongst our friends. Oh yeah. And even the situation that we just brought up, we would have never gotten together and talked with everybody in the time frame which we did if it wasn't if for it weren't the accelerated for that, that text thread. Text thread. So to me, I, I, I think that there is a, <clears throat> a healthy balance between the two, but first of all, you can't blame anybody who says, I'm not gonna text at all, and I'm just gonna have a complete face-to-face -face conversation. It's a little Luddite-ish, but uh -oh. I, I, I think that ultimately, uh, where you could go very wrong is if you begin to conduct your relationships exclusively on text. And what I think that the kids are doing in this generation, this generation of teenagers, they're beginning and ending romantic relationships via text. They're breaking up via text. They're asking to go out via text. They're saying, will you go to the prom with me via text? That is an imbalance. And I gotta say, listen, I know it's easy, but the it's too easy, it's too convenient, it's too narrow, it's not broad, it's not relying on who you are as a person, it's relying on 7% of who you are communicating to 7% of who someone else is. It's not a 100% to 100% connection. So, so you're, really, though, you're really only breaking up with 7% of the yeah, person. If you broke up with somebody via text, you're still 93% in a relationship with them. That's a fact, science says it, deal with it. I'll give a meme to you. <laughs> yeah, so I I hope to help my kids begin to understand that texting and your, the phone in general is just a tool that you can you can abuse it in so many ways, of course. But when it comes to relationships, sometimes I throw mine you gotta down to know, see if the gorilla, gorilla glass will hold up. You gotta know that it's not it. It can't be the the center, the cakey center of yeah. your friendships. I mean, if you if you want to build real friendships, of which you're fortunate to have two or to five close friends. By the way. I was reading that um, studies show that you really can't have more than 150 friends at any level, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. at acquaintance level. That's like. Because that was the size of communities of our ancestors. It's a brain thing. Yeah. Let's say it's a brain capacity thing to mm -hmm. actually be friends. 
Um, once you get above that, once communities and you know, ancient communities got above about 150 people, the group dynamics began to break down and they had to break up and become new groups. And so now what we have are, you have those active friends, which there may be like five close friends, then like 15 at the next layer, and like the layers go out of how, how connected you actually are to them, to where, where you get to a point where, well you've got dormant friends who you can reconnect with if you happen to be in the same town but you don't live there anymore, mm -hmm. you're visiting. And then you've got all, all across Facebook, if you're into that, commemorative friends. Like, oh I, I, went, I, I, went, to, I went to summer camp with that person and now we're just like, they're just floating out here as a commemorative. Yeah, complimenting each other's babies. But I, you know, I, I think that ultimately using the tools properly, our kids can be, you know, there, there's a level of connection that they can have that, that we didn't experience. And to get back to us that I think there's an opportunity for us. You know, I think um, maybe we can find ourselves I'm just gonna throw that out there. Having a conversation over text and just as if we I were talking to each other. I think it's a great thing. Other. I think for us it's definitely a great thing. I think it that? will only enhance things. Because one of the things, uh, I find that if there's an issue that I need to deal with, I, I often, and this may be a little bit, it may be cowardly. Uh, if, I, if there's a situation where there's some conflict, I, I typically like to send an opening written communication as sort of a, thesis of like, these are some things that I want to explore, but this is mm -hmm. not the end of the conversation. I'm not expecting textual communication back. It's like, this is like my opening salvo and now let's talk about it. I think a combination of text communication and face-to-face -face communication can be a great way to get through conflict and you know and what? to conduct a relationship. Uh, Christine and I actually did that last week. I, I, I totally forgotten about it within the context of this conversation that um, you know we're we're dealing with something, and you know she she's got we're separated. You know I'm here, she's there, and she's talking about okay, this is what I'm going through. These are thoughts that are going through my mind based on a conversation we had last night. I'm not gonna call it an argument, but it was an argument. Know, it was just a conversation and um, spicy one. It was great because um, you know we had to put a pin in things. We we slept on it and then I had to go to work, but then she sent me a text. I, I sent her a text. And I was like, I look forward to continuing our conversation, and, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and she actually, she like wrote out two, I was like, whoa, two paragraphs come She had through. it locked and loaded in the notes app and just co copy and pasted <laughs> it. And it was, she was great. Just ready for you to text. I mean, it was difficult to get that in the middle of the day, but ultimately it was better than not getting it because mm -hmm. I could like on the drive home, I like reflected on mm -hmm. her thoughts, so then, we were that much further along when we sat down and had the rest of the conversation, mm -hmm. which still was like, okay, two hours of focused, let's continue this conversation. This, this the work of marriage um, would have, you know, we wouldn't have gotten nearly that far if it wasn't for that, that uh, preamble that she said. Well, and sometimes, uh being able to communicate when you're not together. And we've never, went to, I mean, that's that's a result of this friend group too, just to toss that in there. Because I think we're all learning that how we well, can Well, so it. I was just, Jesse and I have done exactly what you're talking about and we, we did it before the friend group. There's been a couple of times where we do have an argument and yeah. we, we, we go to sleep and we wake up and we're either 
the communication climate is a little cold, if you will. <laughs> and then at some point during the day, someone will instigate a text conversation that is an apology or an explanation. And again, it isn't for the purposes of solving the conflict or reconciling via text, but sometimes when you're not in each other's presence and you've had time to cool off and you're not just sitting there across from the person that the last time you were with them, you were arguing with them, you get this text and you can process it in, in your own world, in the privacy of your own thoughts. And I think it does set up, it's an opening volley that gives you the opportunity to then go and take the conflict and address it face to face. I do think that it's very helpful, very purposeful. Yeah, um, and that's deep work. I mean, that's, like I said, that is the work of marriage or of a relationship and can obviously be applied to friendships. But I think for us, let's start simple. Let's just start with a few uh, memes. Memes, just meme time. I think I think we can search in that thing and find ourselves. Yeah, I've done it. You want me to send you gifs of you and you send me gifs of me? No, I want I want you to be you and me be me. Let's okay. communicate to each other. You see, but only gifs. Oh man, we are really we're completing the loop of douchey. Yeah, the douche loop. The douche, the douche loop. loop. <laughs> Rounding the turn on the douche loop. <laughs> Little Bigfoot. <laughs> Currently in my hot tub, sending. <laughs> Sending gifs of myself to my friend Rhett. From one douche to another. In his hot tub. <laughs> now, one thing I will say that we didn't talk about, we hinted at it a little bit earlier when we were talking about the way the rest of the world communicates. I don't know what the research indicates on video chats. Mm -hmm. I have noticed, now my kids don't do this, but I have seen the teens talking to each other Lincoln uses house party. Video chat is is very common. Um, and I don't know, again, I don't know the data, I don't know how many people are doing it's like it. like doing his homework, he's got his phone propped up on his desk. Yeah, but again, I, I don't know what the percentages are, but at that point you are getting body language and you are getting voice, tone, and emphasis. You're, you're getting a very large percentage. You're just not getting smell and breath, <laughs> which might be great. You know, because mm. if somebody's got halitosis, that kind of becomes 100% of what you're thinking about. Yeah. So if there's, if there's a way to take that out of the equation. So anyway, maybe that's one of the great things about video chat. And I'm assuming at some point, they keep talking about it and they keep saying it's gonna happen. Holograms, man. But holograms will be able to perfectly capture what you're trying to communicate. Not perfectly, I'm sure. Well, you know, almost perfectly. There'll be glitches. You'll, Here's what I'll say. Be glitches and like a a knot will be removed and then the whole meaning of what you're saying will change because you left out the negative. Right, well, that could happen. But 30 years from now, I, I think people will be breaking up with holograms and that will count. I think that'll be an official breakup if you break up via hologram. I don't wanna beat a dead horse, but I'm having second thoughts about this me and you like texting Sending it up memes? as friends. Let's back off of memes, because that was just me being stupid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. I think, like if there's a third person we can do it, like when Mike from back in North Carolina, Texas, that he went and he took a dump in the Trader Joe's, and then he comes mm -hmm. out, he's washing his hands, and then a woman walks in, and it was, she, they, he was in, the wrong he was in Trader Jan's bathroom. <laughs> right. And we, we laughed that up. 
and we each said a little funny thing in response. You wanna get Mike in on a text thread just so we don't feel weird about memeing each other? I think we'll just turn him into a third douche is honestly what I think will happen. I think douche spreads. <laughs> I think it's contagious. I think douchery is contagious. See, and I we think can't call it that. I mean, that's, that undermines everything we're saying. Can we put that on a t-shirt? Can we sell that? Douchery is contagious? Huh. We'll sell it on the dark web then. Douche loop. I like douche loop better. Yeah, we'll put that in the dark. Mythical.store slash dark web. Nah, My I don't point think that's is, how you get to the dark web. But we can't ca we can't characterize us having a friendly text exchange as being douchey. It's only douchey when we're talking about ourselves in like a self-absorbed way. So, I mean, but just having a talk, having a text. But you did just when we just talk, it's not we're not being douches. But you did just realize, like three weeks ago, that your phone was waterproof, so you could be texting from the hot tub. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, it, you could actually, it sometimes sometimes just for kicks, I've got my Bluetooth music going and I just put my phone under the surface of the hot tub just so it'll go, the music goes away and then I bring it back up, just to experience technology. <laughs> I, uh, what, yeah, once you told me that my phone was uh, Waterproof. Links had two generations of iPhone that were waterproof and didn't know it until <laughs> we were in in Fiji. <laughs> Speaking of douchebags, <laughs> uh, we were. This is the most self-aware <laughs> podcast. We were snorkeling in Fiji, and uh, I had my phone out. No, it was when I was I was uh, I was uh, videoing you guys, my kids, and your kids, and you on the banana boat being pulled behind yeah. the thing, and you were like, "Man." Phone's waterproof? I was like, yeah, so is yours, man. We got the same phone. <laughs> and you dunked it, it in the water blowing. and I couldn't believe it. So then, yeah, actually last week, my, my family was uh, all outside in the hot tub. Mm -hmm. And I, I wasn't outside and I came outside and I had, I had my phone in my hand and I, um, I, jumped in my, I jumped in the, dove in the pool and then I swam up to where they were and I pulled up my phone and acted like I was talking on it because I thought that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. It would have been cool in like 2015. And then, <laughs> and then Lily was like, "Dad, you just you you just dove in with your glasses on. Your glasses are at the bottom of the pool." Oh, dad, move! <laughs> I had to. Wow, dad! I had to swim down there and retrieve my and glasses. I know you're scared of going to the bottom of the pool. So how, how was yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the f hey, who knew that our I friendship I filmed you in the bottom could of the pool. go to another level? Panicking because we're going to text each other. I am so excited for us, right? Yeah. So I don't know what the moral of the story is. I guess it's some combination of texting and face-to-face -face communication is the basis of true friendship and romantic relationships. Uh, don't text too much. Don't text too little either. Text too little. Don't do that. You, that you want to be in the you want to be in the Goldilocks region when it comes to texting and face-to-face -face contact. So let us know what you think. Join the conversation. Use hashtag earbiscuits, wherever hashtags are used, and um, we'll, we'll continue the conversation. I, I enjoy, uh, enjoy that. What do you say, Jade? Say hello. Let me text you something right I wish now. I could make her bark. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, that was a little, she just licked the microphone. Did you hear that? Wah, 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 wah. That's my voice, not hers. Okay, bye.